This week on Not Just Another Sex Podcast. When it gets into these quote unquote bad choices, what are some other lessons you've had to learn? Like, I'm not going to say it was a bad idea, but being myself while being a mom is some of the funniest shit in the world. So when I was dating this couple, they came and spent a night. I'm being a positive poly parent and all this stuff. <laughs> and my baby then went to daycare and was like, yeah, so they slept in my mommy bed and it was three of them and these the names and the kids, they slept in my bed. And I'm just like, <laughs> and so I picked my kid up from daycare and, and you know, the lady's like, so we heard that, you know, during sharing time after the weekend, this is, you know, I end up exchanging my business information with her off the bed. Like, <laughs> Hey, sugar. You're listening to Not Just Another Sex Podcast. I'm your host, Samaya Burton. I've been a hands-on sexual educator for over five years through my company, Sexual Essentials. So I can tell you that being an adult absolutely has its perks. But now let's talk about just how hard adulting really is. Whether you're healing trauma, building healthy relationships, or figuring out how to create your own happiness, the truth is you may feel like you don't know what you're doing. But you're here now, and that's enough. Hey, you guys, welcome back to Not Just Another Sex Podcast. My name is Samaya, and I am super excited, per usual, for today's episode. So we're going to get right into it. But before we introduce our guests, I want to spotlight a review that was given because uh, we need that, more of that. Um, This review says, big energy. I cannot wait to hear your podcast every week. You have some of the strongest energy ever. You are very empowering and you give me a push each time I hear how you show always show up and move forward and know we need to walk away. Wait, what? I can't read. I'm sorry. My bad, y'all. We're going to try it again. You are very empowering and you give me a push each time I hear your show to always move forward and to know when we need to walk away. I'm waiting for the day you get to come on the show and tell us your first male, male three submix. I didn't read the review before I read the review. <laughs> experience and I wish I could come on your show and tell you about how my first male male threesome turned into two of the best friendships I have right now yes for you but anywho keep being the beautiful soul that you are unapologetically and hopefully by the next episode you can say pay homage the right way damn I got faith in you no change <laughs> can't wait for tomorrow um, all right. Well, thank you very much for leaving that review. That was real. Um, thank you for showing love, saving time, and making space for me to share that. Um, y'all, please leave a review for the show. It does a lot. It makes me feel good. Um, I'm going to try to read them before I put them over here next time. But otherwise, we're going to get into the show. So we have two amazing guests. And for the first time, they are on my show. I have been on their show twice, and it was amazing. This is Good Moms, Bad Choices, the hosts of the hosts of Good Moms, Bad Choices, Erica and Mila. Say hey, hey girl. Hey. hey. Congratulations, bitch. Yes. <laughs> it looks good on Nigga, you. you made it. Beyond made it. Look we at this. Here. We here. Y'all done laid some groundwork. And so it's just, you know, now I know the levels that we have to do things. So I'm very excited to have you guys here. Thank you for having us. Wait, can I just say something real quick? I just want to pay Absolutely. homage to you for, for spreading the message of the male, male, female yes. and empowering <laughs> Honest the to people. God. Because <laughs> this is a fun fact, but Samaya... Very early, like early on in our friendship, empowered me to embrace the male, male, female, and laid out the most beautiful fantasy of what this experience would be. And I have been trying to make it happen ever since. Literally, like all my relationships that I've been in since I met you have known that this is a thing that must occur at some point. Same. <laughs> I, I, this is what you do to everybody whisper in the air, like, you need a male, male, female. And then you're like, you know what? I fucking do. My friend said, I've been asking, I've been definitely like, trying to get, I've, like over a year now, I've been trying to manifest this. Mm. So yeah, it's true. I think I think also she may have planted the seeds for our goddess experience. True. I, th- I think you know what you're you have a, you're powerful in general. Obviously, <laughs> we're sitting in your house on your podcast after Ooh. so much su- success and you know the the sex world, <laughs> the sex education <laughs> world. But yeah, I think early on you really empowered us to like. I mean, obviously we're sex positive, but like perceive certain things differently. You know, you also convinced me that I needed to have pet play and I needed to be a very expensive cat and get a Mm. diamond collar and be pet. And I was like, you know what? I want to be pet like a cat. You're right. (laughs) 
So you literally remove the veil. Like, these are the things that you need. You need male, male, females. You need to be cat play. And I'm like, yes, thank you. You can make it difficult. Me and gonna be like, don't listen to her podcast. Don't don't listen to what you listen to. Turn that off. <laughs> Luckily, I have a I have an open minded man. Look look here. We just we trying to attract that. Okay, we are attracting that. <laughs> Anyways, we have you guys on the show because you guys did something amazing. Outside of having a podcast for, what, five, six? Five, five years. 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 Five years. You guys, you know how hard it is to have a podcast for a year, okay? And bringing amazing content, amazing guests, and actually leveling up to the point that you guys now have your own recording studio in L.A. Um, you guys are doing sold-out retreats all over the country, and now you guys have written a book. All over the world. All of the world. <laughs> Get it together. Get, get me together. Get, talk it. Talk it. All over the world, you guys are here because you have a book coming out and it will be dropping. Fill in for me. Pick up Pick up for me. Okay. Here. So the book is called A Good Mom's Guide to Making Bad Choices, um, but it releases on May 2nd. Download the Audible. If Audible, if you're listening to this and this is the type of experience that you enjoy, we have an Audible version as well where me and Mila are re recounting the book via Audible. Um, and it's been a, a labor of love. And I know, you know, I know, you know what this feels like. Yes, I, do. I know, you know, how, <laughs> how incredibly, um, challenging it is to, to write a book, especially when it's about yourself. You think it'd be easy, That's but it ain't that fucking easy. Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> I remember you guys were writing a book and you're like, you know, we're just going to go to Mexico and we're going to just disconnect and we're going to finish the book. And I was like, how was it? They were like, look, we didn't here. write shit. Look here. We didn't write we, anything. We, we started a, a great retreat. Time, though. At, it was Costa Rica. And we <laughs> instead we wrote, we started a retreat. We, we started a whole other business out there by accident <laughs> when we went there and didn't write. I read, a, I read a lot of diary entries that needed to be read in order for me to kind of go back to this yeah. place that I needed to be in um, to write some of the chapters in the book. Um, but yeah, it's been a labor of fucking love. It's been very triggering to write this book. Um, I've had to really check in with myself and realize there are certain parts of my healing that were not complete. Um, and then there were just other parts where I was like, damn, bitch, you really did that, huh? <laughs> <laughs> you really did that? You about to tell everybody, huh? Mm, yep, sure I am. That's <laughs> the part now that it's coming I mean, out. You've been telling like, your business online for years. Now you're about to get paid for it. No, you're getting it, paid but for it's it. different. Like, that's like, amazing. Telling your business with your voice and then you're like, it could get lost and people are like, good luck if you find it. Like, I don't know, find it over hundreds of hours. But then when it's like in writing and someone could be like, go to page 36. <laughs> <laughs> there's, like, written, there's written proof. I'm like, that's going to be pretty easy to find if someone wants to find it. So well, I'm very excited. So we're going to get into this episode. So this episode today is about you guys. And I'm just so proud of you. And honestly, it's an unconventional May for, for this show. And so I'm very glad to have you amongst these guests. So we're going to get into it. Adult tip of the day. You're a better mom. Oh, well, let's start off with what it is. I'm so excited. All right. The adult tip of the day is where we give an adult tip of the day just a little bit, get a little bit better, um, a sound piece of advice, um, whether it's my therapist says or whatever. So um, today's adult tip of the day is you're a better mom when you have your own life. And my thought process around this was that you're going to traumatize your kids either way. There's, there's something that's going to happen and they're going to be like, well, I didn't like that you did this mm -hmm, and absolutely. this hurt me this way. And it may not be intentional, but all of us go through this thing where we're living the way that we're being brought up. And once you get older, you live your own life and decide, you know, with the way that my parents did it, this either does or doesn't work for me. They'll do their own. They'll go to therapy and figure out, well, what they did for me didn't work for me. And so if you're going to have to do that anyway, the best thing you could do is at least have your own life, have your own dreams, have your own goals, have your own social life. So that way, the things that you're doing, they really are unintentional. You were trying, you literally were trying your best. And I don't think that you're giving your child your best if you're not making time for you, because there is no way that you could be your best if you are not making time for you. There's... There's no way that you can be your best if I you're agree. not. I think you know? I think you have to make bad choices in order to be a good <laughs> mom. Honestly, like for real, like you have and, and bad choices obviously is a play on words when it comes to our show. You know, of bad course. choices could be smoking weed, you know, um, which for me is a great choice. But honestly, even the bad choices are important. You have yeah. to make the bad choices in order to learn. And your kids have to see you make bad choices, too, yeah. because I think that's kind of like the toxic motherhood. Like stereotype is when people think that. You, you have to portray yourself as this perfect parent. And then your parent, your kid goes into the world and sees that ain't shit perfect. And they prepared. start dating and they're like, no person is perfect, but my mother was perfect. 
And then, you know, these little boys turn into men and vice mm. versa and start judging their partners because their mothers portrayed this image of perfection that is not real. So just, I believe just live your life, bitch. You have to live your life. <laughs> and <laughs> more the stories. Your, your life, which is whatever that is, you can't cut off parts of yourself because you became like, yes, there's some there's an adjustment period. Yeah. You know. And we're not talking about that or that yet, yes, your life will change. I'm talking about making a moment for you, mm -hmm. you know, so. I mean, well, if you if you put yourself third or fourth, then you're teaching your kid. Ultimately, it's OK to put yourself last. It's OK to pretend. It's OK to per save face to, you know, like please other people. And ultimately, like that's not what we want our kids to do. We want them to show, the, show up as themselves, tell them that's enough. And so you have to honor yourself in the same way. Absolutely. Hey, you guys, it's your host, Samaya. And for those of you who didn't know, I'm also the CEO and founder of Sexual Essentials. One of my favorite parts about building that brand was creating a learning platform that has over 250 workshops, interviews, and so much more. Some of my favorite components are the sex position demos. Yes, you heard that right. Demos. They're featuring some people that you may already know. Good Moms, Bad Choices has demonstrated some positions for us, as well as Dara. You remember her from our first episode. Those are some of my faves, as well as the lingam and yoni massages. These are great additions to add to your oral loving for your partner. Yes, I said oral loving. I'm trying to keep it clean, guys. Anyways, they are great additions and a great way to spice things up. Outside of our masterclasses, add one of these on to your normal routine and really wow your partner. Click the link below or in any of the links in our bio and sign up for our courses today. All right, now back to the show. Thank y'all. We're going to move on to the next the next segment here, which is Twitter Talk. Twitter Talk is where we pay homage to um, Black Twitter. I know she didn't got me together, so I hope you could say it right. I started getting it right a few episodes ago. You ain't know. <laughs> so anyways, um, Black Twitter has always been so amazing because it starts all the trends. It's where all the topics are and anything that goes viral most likely started from tw from Twitter. Right. Um, and so today's Twitter talk is as a woman, what makes you think that you have good pussy? Because I feel like <laughs> it is called not just another sex podcast, just a little bit. But I say that to say because we we always know that unless you actually partake in pussy, you can't say what good pussy is. But you can when it comes to your self-evaluation, what do you think? makes you have good pussy or what makes from a woman's perspective from your perspective what what is a good deliverable on the on the pussy for you what what do you think that is confidence yeah I was gonna, mm. yeah i like that i would say confidence confidence embodying all the things that you know that you want to embody i think taking care of yourself taking care of your body your health um you know, I've, you know, you ask men all the time, like, does ever, does pussy, does all pussy feel the same? Mm -mm. And, you know, they say no, obviously. <laughs> they, say, <laughs> they usually say yes. They say, they say I've no. I've never met a man. I, I, heard, both, I, heard, I, have, yes. I have heard both, but I have heard that it's not like some drastic difference. Now, there has been, there are some pussies that, you know, have been through some things or maybe just, you know, we just weren't <laughs> blessed on the pussy spectrum this lifetime. Um, not to shame any pussies <laughs> out here. <laughs> All pussies are good pussies. All pussies I don't matter. agree with that, but... <laughs> I don't because I don't believe that all women take care of their pussies. Talk so not it. all pussies are good pussies. There's Ooh. some toxic ass pussies out there. Figuratively, physically and, and literally and spiritually, <laughs> emotionally. Um, but I do think it's a, it's a confidence thing. It's, it's confidence and really how well it's a reflection of how well you take care of yourself is really the reflection of your pussy. I feel like. So I feel like having good pussy is having good energy and having peace. I feel like one of the biggest compliments you can receive when someone is deciding to be inside of you is that it feels like home or it feels like peace. And I say that- I feel like niggas know that too. They be saying that shit all the time. I feel like a lot of women are cocky like and think that they have good pussy. <laughs> I do. About but I, things oh, I that have that. nothing to do with you. You know what I'm saying? Like with you. And so like, yeah, like when it comes to how I fuck myself, I still believe like when I touch myself, am I getting peace or am I rushing myself through this orgasm? Like, was I peace to myself? Was I good energy to me? How did I make myself feel? And so the way that I make myself feel and the way that I touch me and the way I, I give myself, like, great energy, um, I feel like I'm much more conscious of that 
when I'm dealing with someone else? Am I being peace? Like, you know, I used to stay in things like so long unnecessarily. And it's like, is there peace here? And so now it's very easy to pick up and go quickly because either there's peace or there's not. And like, my pussy gotta have a gotta be a little peace on you. Otherwise, like I, you want a piece I, of this I, pussy. You want a piece of this pussy. You gotta be peaceful. Like, <laughs> yeah. you, want a, you want a piece of this peaceful pussy. I, I, I do. I, I agree. Like if you're if you're if you're a peaceful person, a peaceful woman, and you are you know in the search of constant like peace, then your pussy will absolutely reflect that. Like I, I you can't even come near me with that toxic dick. Or those, mm. you know what I mean? Like, I agree. PHB all I agree. off. <laughs> all right. So, thank you for that. So, we're going to get right into it. So, you guys met because it was difficult making mom friends. I want y'all to tell us what happened. One, because everybody may not have heard you guys, but also the book is coming out and we're going to pretty much walk through your story. And so, there are a couple topics that I wanted to kind of pull that I've heard you guys talk about as a, as a fan and as a friend. Um, so... How did you guys meet? And I want us to talk about um, the difficulties that moms have making starting this new life and new friends, especially like if you're the first one in your friend group to start popping babies out. Yeah, I think that's what it was. I was the first one in my friend group. I, th I, I thought I was grown at the time, but I think that I was pretty young. I was like 26. Um, and I thought it was like the time to do that. And how, what was the question? How do we meet? How do we meet? <laughs> Sorry. I'm, like, I'm a little high, y'all. Um, and I saw Erica on Instagram because Instagram is where you find friends. Duh. And she, we had a mutual friend in common and she was pregnant at the same time as me. But I saw her get engaged on her, on Instagram and I was like, I made all these assumptions. Like she's like, she's doing it the correct way. She's going to be married. I'm going to be like not married. She got a fat ass ring. He must be like an African prince. Like I had made up this whole fucking story in my head that was so far from the truth. And like, you know, I was like struggling. I was young. My baby daddy wasn't doing enough and I was not getting married or was I engaged. I didn't even really know like if this is what I was supposed to be doing, but I knew him a long time and I felt like I'm 20 six I'm grown I should do it and like I had just you know I was hot off the train from Atlanta like I had been living my high-end whole life like <laughs> I was I was like 20 high -end whole life. I mean not that sounded bad like not a high-end hoe but I was just like I was single no, I was the good young yeah. these were the good parts of, of being single yeah doing, no, I, I was in my 20s no, don't explain I, so I when I when I moved back none of my friends expected like me of all people to have a kid they're like this wild bitch is having a kid before me like this was not in anyone's like vision for me because they were like, she's wild. She's not going to settle down. And so, yeah, I was the first out of my friends and I had no friends. So comes Erica on the Internet. <clears throat> I had a similar kind of uh, experience. I found Mila. My friend had posted Jamila. And um, it's funny. I have we have we had recently found the picture that I actually saw on Instagram the first time I saw Jamila. And it was her at this hotel um, day party with her almost like I think maybe Luna was like two months old on her hip holding a glass of champagne in a string bikini six pack in tow and I was like I was still pregnant at the time people were asking me if I was having twins I felt like a milk I just felt like big and I looked at this bitch and I was like who the fuck is this hoe at the at the pool party with her new baby I judged the fuck out of her but also was like where is she? <laughs> like, y'all know this girl and y'all been hiding her? Like, cause I, again, was, I too was the first of my friends to have children. So I made all these assumptions about her, but still wanted to meet her. And so I had reached out to my friend and was like, hey, who is this girl? Like, where is she? You know her? And she's like, oh yeah, that's Jamila. We're actually going out tonight. You should come meet up with us. And I was like, say less. So I dropped my daughter off to my mom, who was very much like, my daughter was maybe, this is so, actually, that was when I was pregnant. Mila was posted again. Then I asked my friend. So then like I asked my mom, will you watch my daughter? I think my daughter was like around two months. And she was like, where are you going? You're going to a bar? Your daughter's two months old. And I was like, yeah, I am. I got to go meet this this friend. Pumped in the car in front of the bar because <laughs> new, mom, new mom life. Titties be heavy. I was not, hurt I was not about pump. to be leaking in the, the, my first outing out. I was not about to embarrass myself. Um, and so I went in there with that intention. And, you know, I always say that this moment was really God because, you know, especially at that point in my life, like I was not in, I was not the type of bitch to go and seek friends like that. Like I was not about to go to a bar from a girl I saw on Instagram to go make a friend. But I was really desperate at that yeah. time. And felt really alone. So I went there, looked around. I think I had my first drink, saw a few friends that I hadn't seen in a while and was like, where is, where is she? 
ended up going to the bathroom, saw Mila in the bathroom and approached her, like, I think probably aggressively as I do, <laughs> and was like, hey, I'm Erica. I heard you have a kid. And she was like, I do. And like, I didn't know that she had already kind of knew who I was. Um, and I asked her to have a play date, like, I think that weekend. And she said yes. And thank God, you know, if you know Mila, she's definitely like the friendliest girl you'll meet ever. She's she the girl who makes friends in bathrooms for sure. Um, and so, you know, I think that weekend we we definitely we made it happen. Mila put Luna in an Uber. I don't think if she even had a car seat, just was like, I'm going to make my mommy friend, too, because I, I didn't know that she was kind of in the same space as I was. And so, you know, at that mommy date, it was kind of surface. We, you know checked in. How you doing? How's motherhood going? Oh, it's great. It's so good. How's your partnership? Oh, you know, it is what it is, yeah. you know, and I think we smoked a joint. So I was like, okay, so she smokes. That's cool. <laughs> and then, you know, maintaining friendships as an, especially a new mom is really difficult. So I think a lot, a lot of time went on in between that first hangout yeah. where we didn't really see each other. Um, and within that time period, uh, my life kind of blew up in my face. Me and my partner ended up breaking up pretty uh, tr aggressively, tragically. And um, I found myself a single mom. I was not planning on being a single mom at all. I was, like Mila said, engaged, planning my wedding to n my rapper baby daddy, not African Prince. <laughs> <laughs> Clarification on that story. There Although he would this. really love to hear that story. Um, I'm sure he thinks he's a king. Um, all black men are kings. Um, <laughs> so yeah, you know, I had broken up with him and, you know, after a lot of sorrow, I eventually joined Tinder and I'd never been on a dating app ever. Um, cause I'd been in a relationship for so long. Dating apps seemed like super weird to me, but my friend forced me, ended up meeting a married couple. So I'd always wanted to kind of explore this part of my sexuality. I didn't feel okay. safe doing that in my partner with my partner at the time because he was not to be trusted and <laughs> Mila happened to hear through the grapevine that we that I had had this epic breakup and unbeknownst to me she had also ended things with her child's father so we were kind of both in the same place at the same time she invited me to her daughter's birthday party and we hadn't seen each other in a long time. And I just couldn't wait to see her and just update her on my life because I had Girl, been, this I had been kind of doing some spicy <laughs> shit. Like I had like reclaimed my sexuality because during mother, during my pregnancy and after that, like I had felt asexual, like literally, I didn't even remember to have sex. Like I couldn't even remember to fuck myself. Like yeah. it was like detached from my body. So I had kind of rediscovered myself and I knew Mila was like, if there was one friend I could share this with, even though we had not, we didn't really know each other. I could just tell from that first picture I saw. <laughs> she going to fuck with this. I was like, <laughs> I can tell her this shit because I really hadn't even shared this with my friends because yeah. as a mom, going to have threesomes and tucking my daughter in at night. And we talk, I talk about this in the book about like kind of like the excitement and the shame that I had in this yeah. new discovery. Like I, I didn't want to share that with my like non-mom friends. They would have been like, what the fuck is this bitch doing? So here I was at her birth, at her daughter's birthday. And I was like, bitch, guess what? I'm single. She's like, I know. So what's going on? <laughs> and I was like, I'm dating a married couple. She's like, oh shit. And then I was like, hey, so I've been listening to podcasts also. Want to start one? <laughs> And here we are. And I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, I don't even talk to this bitch like that. And I was like, but you know, I'm much, I was pretty happy to hear that she was spicier than I thought from the first time. I'm like, oh, maybe we can really be friends. Mm, can't um, be and I was really single and I was like seeking. I was seeking like a friendship. I, I knew she was someone who could understand what I was going through. Like the stigma of being a single black mom is some, such a heavy stigma that no one really talks about. It's like when you have a baby as a black woman, like your number one thing is like, I'm not going to be a baby mama like it's yeah. it's like the number one thing on your list for some fucking reason but I mean because it's it's you know the stereotype around it is so like heavy so when she shared that story with me I was like okay bitch and when she asked me to do the podcast honestly I would have done anything the bitch asked me to do like you want to go to like fucking Tennessee and on a train like okay <laughs> um so I said yeah I was like are you gonna tell the story about this couple like and she thought about it and she's like yeah I guess and I was like, all right, well, let's go. And like, literally, I remember calling my close friends then being like, hey, you know, Erica, that girl, you know, she wants me to do something cool with her. <laughs> and they're like, really? I was like, yeah, I know. We don't know each other that well, but yeah, I'm doing cool stuff. Bye. <laughs> I think it's so amazing that, and not even amazing, but there's always that part of before you know another mom, it's either they're like married 
or they're single. And the way that we categorize each other and also the way that we end up in these situa situations. And so, you know, like you said, you're like, well, I wasn't near marriage or any of that. And Eric was like, well, I was engaged and I thought this. And I was married when I had my child. And to not, and I, I say this all the time, I'm not a single mother. I'm a mother that's single. We absolutely do everything half and half. And it's the, the thing that binds us together. Like not thing, but my baby, that, you know, <laughs> binds us together. And it's just so crazy because people value your motherhood based on how you became a mother. And so I've heard men tell me that, well, you still hold value because a man married you before mm. he gave you a child. Mm. And it's so uncomfortable because people don't understand that that man did not like me. And so to go through pregnancy and no one's talking to your stomach or no one's excited and you know deep down that this is not like they're doing the right thing, which is as a man and your responsibilities. And I respect that to a certain level, but to go through that, it's it's scary. And there's almost a PTSD from wanting to have another child because now it's like, what if something goes wrong again? Mm -hmm. Like, what if I have my child on different, what if I got two kids and I got them on different weeks? Mm -hmm. Like, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? What, oh, yeah. what if I get everything that I want and then <laughs> my first child feels like, Damn, you made the mistakes with me, huh? Like, this kid gets a two-parent household. Like, you know, my mind goes down yeah. these paths, and it's like I don't even feel entirely comfortable stepping into everything that I know that I deserve because the past, you know? And it's like you, you get past it, you go to therapy, you figure it out, and you know better than that. But I find that, like, just to go back to what you just said, that really um, stuck with me and resonated with me regarding just the, I don't want to say performative nature of what, marriage looks like to a man who wants to date you post post marriage so like because you were married because you checked the boxes correctly you got married then you had the kid it didn't work out right it didn't work out but but it's you acceptable. did everything right it's and you acceptable. now you have a child with a man that you were married to versus where me and Mila did it different you know so that our value for some reason is lessened because we didn't check the boxes in the order that they were supposed to be checked and therefore how we show up I guess to a man who's you know interested in us might be different like that man will look at you as a more high value high, woman you see these watch the, watch even the visuals y'all please though the, look at these quotations even though the storyline is the same but, but exactly just, just generally though just generally though like married almost married not married but known someone for so long is like the fact that we now have to take children like baggage into another dating situation is this whole thing like for men oh like you know I don't date moms you know I don't date oh you're someone's baby mama like there's this there's this idea that we're less worthy because I have a child now and someone else is not going to want to commit to me or make me a wife because somehow now I hold less value because I have this other person and like men don't suffer like that doesn't happen when men date a guy doesn't go to a bar and fear to tell a bitch that you know I have a son or I have a daughter because it doesn't even click to his mind in his mind that that may devalue him in ways so it's just this whole idea around just single women and I really don't even know if that qualifies with like women outside like white women you know like do they feel the same way when they like I don't feel like they feel the I guess same I've never I don't rarely think about white I feel women. like they do <laughs> I, 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 I feel like the single <laughs> yes the single facts. mom stigma is much heavier on black and brown women for sure yeah but I will say that I I think that white single mothers probably ha have encountered the same insecurities as it comes to wanting to date and, and having this having a child out of wedlock or not even lock what you know and and it's so crazy that you mentioned this because in our book we have a, a chapter called post-traumatic baby daddy disorder like literally it's a thing like <laughs> it's true like the, the like the, the the imprints that that relationship like leaves on you as a woman is like and even on a society societal level like maybe you have a great you know you know child's father or whatever but just like the impact that relationship leaves on you just having to pick up the pieces after that and ha like just like the trauma of like if I have another kid like will my this first kid be mad well because I'm doing it better because I've learned lessons because I'm mm. older well you know like there's all yeah. these if ands or buts like it's like almost like fuck the whole thing so <laughs> when it gets into these quote-unquote bad choices I want to talk about two of them so like from the perspective of getting pregnant right 
some people will say like, okay, this is a bad choice. I should have never had a kid with him, right? Then you got some people it's like, well, we just really didn't know that this was going to go left. You know, that wasn't planned, whatever. I feel like mine was a bad decision. I feel like we knew that, you know, I don't, the, the love wasn't strong. The last thing, we, but at the end of the day, when you're married, try making it make sense to, why would we get an abortion and we're married? You know what I'm saying? Especially because when you don't kids like are, each other. But of course, at this time, you don't think that, that that the marriage isn't working. You're just like, oh, things are difficult, da, 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 right? Um, but when you get out of these relationships, generally we learn some lessons about what we did before and how to go about it differently and things like that. What are some other lessons you've had to learn like through like dating as a single mother? Like what are some like, okay, this probably wasn't the best idea or like for me, I'm not going to say it was a bad idea, but being myself while being a mom is some of the funniest shit in the world. So when I was dating this couple, they came and spent a night at my, my home. They spent the weekend and Trey was there. We let our kids meet each other and, you know, I'm being a positive poly parent and all this stuff. <laughs> and my baby then went to daycare and was like, yeah, so they slept in my mommy bed and it was three of them and these the names and the kids, they slept in my bed. And I'm just like, and so I picked my kid up from daycare and, and you know, the lady's like, so we heard that, you know, during sharing time after the weekend, this is, I just want to let you know. And I was like, well, that means that he'll come to you if something's wrong. And she was just like, you know, that's really, imp you know, I end up exchanging my business information with her off the bed. Like, <laughs> okay, like, because, I mean, it, this is who I am yeah. at, at the end of the day. And I honestly feel like being a poly parent has actually, if anything, benefited my, like, my ex more than not. Because it's like, oh, you have, like... Support. Oh, oh, yeah, like, she's great. Like, good for you. Like, I want my kid to be happy, be around, like, love at the end of the day. And also, I want him to see, like, your dad can love someone properly. And I, I, I like the fact that... He gets to see that. Mm -hmm. And if we had stayed together, he never would have saw that, which would have impacted how he loves and how he views it and things like that. So it kind of goes back to that adult tip of the day, which is live your life the way you truly need to. And then let's get you help where it really did bother you regardless, right, because right. he would have been traumatized either way. Creatives, podcasters, entrepreneurs, if you're looking for an amazing place to create consistent content, then you need to check out the Something Extraordinary Content House. Located in the heart of Atlanta, it's in a great location as well as only 15 minutes from the airport. So whether you're in town or not, maybe you need to get more serious about the content that you're creating. This is a great place to create something extraordinary because it's equipped with five plus rooms with two kitchens, two living rooms, amazing energy, plus a host of vendors that are already the best in their field at creating content. So make sure that you check us out at semediagroup.co or check out some visuals and events and amazing things that we have going on over on Instagram at SEContenthouse. So you can start making extraordinary content as well. Thanks. You got a bad choice to... to I mean, there's, I mean, there's definitely bad. Well, you know, my daughter told um, some people at her school that her mommy doesn't like white people. So I don't know about that. That's dating, but that's just that was for me the self awareness of how I'm speaking in front of my child, and <clears throat> which you know is ironic because I'm white, <laughs> and I got some white in me, even though I'd be running from that side. Um, but, but I'm constantly reminded because hello colorism, um, but. You know, I that was an interesting conversation because I really had to be like, what what have I said <laughs> to 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 make her feel this way? And so I had to really, you know, do some reeducation here. And I mean, another bad choice. I mean, I've probably introduced I introduced my daughter to someone that I probably didn't need to introduce her to, you mm. know, like a, a partner that I was dating that ended up not being nice to her, you know. And so and and especially when you're dating as <clears throat> a single parent and you've never it's a new space that you're navigating and like you're trying like I had never introduced her to someone I had never these are all firsts so there were a lot of things that I was like is this normal or like maybe this is an adjustment period and I think I allowed things to um manifest in ways that I should have cut out quick more quicker but I was really trying to feel things out, like or maybe this is a growing period, or maybe I'm triggered because I've never done this before, or maybe he doesn't know how to show up for you know a daughter because he doesn't have well he does have kids, but he he's not around kids often. So like, just I was making I was trying to make excuses and understanding and be flexible, but ultimately when it came down to it, 
I should have protected her better in that situation. And I should have followed my intuition, which was, nigga, get the fuck out of here. You know, and so that for me was <clears throat> a real big learning lesson for me because that was my first relationship um, that I brought her around post being with her father. So that was a bad choice. And I think that I think I think that a lot of women maybe can resonate with that um, when they're when they're dating and they're in this new space. And, you know, there is a level of like you want acceptance. You want your partner to be happy. You want them to feel comfortable in this space of like, I do come with this person. I do come with this little person and this little person can be a little brat sometimes, you know? And like, they're not going to cooperate how you want them to. And yeah. sometimes I'm like, shut up, like don't ruin it for us. You know, <laughs> like I'm looking at her like, don't do that, <laughs> you know? But um, ultimately it, it, that was a lesson for me that that's, that is not, my role is to always protect her first and foremost. And I know that, but I think that um, I, as women, we do, you know, and we're in relationships and we want to be chosen and we want to be loved. We will make excuses and we will bend um, our boundaries, even even at the expense of our children sometimes. I think for me, I've I've had almost the not even almost a, a very opposite like situation just because of my background with my parents. I don't trust anyone around my child. And so, like, if we're not on good terms, if I'm not sure, like I it's it's so particular because I just, but it also makes it so difficult and so heavy to be a parent and ask for help or get the help that I need when I'm only comfortable around certain people. So like certain babysitters, it's like, I got to go to a different city to get the, you know, someone who I trust to, to watch my child. And so I get in my own way at a certain point when it comes to dating, because I don't like people to meet my children. I will say that people that have other children, like if we're, if the children are meeting, that makes me more comfortable, right? Um, but outside of that, I'm just, I don't date on the weeks I have my kid. Like I just, I don't, and hell, I'm barely dating now, let alone, so it's not really a problem. But hopefully, you know, the goal is to get back outside, but that's the part I'm not, I'm not looking forward to because also I'm noticing that at this age, after this birth control come out, if I ain't pregnant, then y'all can burn it, y'all can tie it, y'all can throw it <laughs> over your shoulder, but I'm done. It ain't happening. So I'm also very aware that the next serious thing that I get into, it's time to have that conversation of am I having another child or not? Mm -hmm. Are y'all having more kids? <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. I love how confident you said that. I, I want an answer for me. I do. But I, I made an agreement. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> I made an agreement. So I'm, It's a pre-contract? Uh, yeah, kind of. Not a pre-contract, but I know my boyfriend wants a kid, so. Fair. I'm the carrier of the child. That's how it just turned out that way. Yeah. I feel you. Um, I don't know. Okay. I could be convinced. I'm definitely not having a child for anybody. But I would, I would have to really know that I'm okay being a single parent again. I always wonder. and I don't want to step into a relationship with that negativity, but it's a, just a real, it's a reality. real reality, it's a reality that I have to face. That if this doesn't work out, because life, life's that I'm gonna be okay with, with that. With two, and I think that's the thing that's honestly scaring the shit out of me. Like I'm like, that's scary. I was married, like I, I you know what I'm, and I'm not saying that validates anything, but it's the one place that I'm supposed to be safe if we're adding more people to the party. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So it's just. I'm not, I, and I, and I'm like, is that speaking negativity or like, what is that? But it's a very realness that things could happen. It cannot work out for any number of reasons that, you know, hell, like people pass. Like, are you really okay with two? I mean, I could so, do it. I could do anything. I, I, and but that's do the I want to do it? That's the problem. I know I can do anything. Yeah. So trying to like silence everything around me to understand what it is that I really want. But I know that what I truly want is not, I've never wanted children. I've always wanted a family. Mm. And that can look a lot of different, different ways. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm really exploring the way that family looks for me right now. My friends are my family. Like they, they, they come in and they turn up like that. And so I'm trying to envision what it's like having another like little one but y'all kids so cute and they <laughs> girls and get their nails done I'm like mm. but it's important too I think for women <laughs> like just like you said like I was married and, and you're supposed to feel safe in that place but I think like just in general like a yeah think about like if shit happens am I okay with just ha being a parent with a one you know one parent to a child but also like you have to take it in consideration like checking off shit 
off a box doesn't necessarily mean happy. Like you could get married, you could know someone for a long time, you could be engaged. That doesn't mean you're supposed to have a baby with a motherfucker. Like, are you guys friends? Do you guys have a real agreement? Like you have to really yeah. be honest about like your relationship and how you connect and their maturity level. Because a lot of times I think we ignore that shit when in, when in hindsight we knew exactly who those people were. So it's like, Am I being honest or am I following this fantasy because people said I'm supposed to do it this way and that way and this is why, you know, and this is, I'm just checking off the boxes versus this is something I really genuinely want. And I think that segues to the last question that I have for you guys about um, giving moms advice because this can be current moms. Um, you're not sure if you want to be a mom or, you know, just one day listening, like, let me just put this in my back pocket. Um, I do believe that for me, intentionally, I didn't, you know, I didn't know. I thought that this is what I wanted my life to look like. But the only way that I thought this is what my life, want, I wanted my life to look like, married and this and and not, I wanted to be, that's actually, I didn't want to be married. It was like, oh, I love you, so I'm okay with getting married. But ultimately it goes back to, I did not know what I wanted for myself. What are my boundaries and what are my self-care? So it has, it has, the, the next segment of my life has so much less to do with the other person. It's more about me getting so intimate with myself that I am very clear on what I like, what I don't like. If it's not a hell yes, it's a no. And being, you know, so disciplined with that, that now it's steering me to what I'm attracted to and what I'm not. And it's looking more, you know? And um, so I want to know what are you guys's, um, your biggest takeaways, tips, or advice to mothers before they embark on like what you wish you would have known or done before you had kids? Listen to your own motherfucking intuition. Like, no, find your own voice and follow that. Like, make sure whatever route you're following is not the route of somebody else, of, of narrative of what they think you should do. Um, read our book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really, truly. I mean, this book is really, it's, we, we often talk about it as it's everything I wish I knew before motherhood. Like I, the book is really not even just for women that have children. It's for women that are considering having kids. It's for women that are on the fence. It's for women that maybe don't even want to have kids. And this is the birth control they need. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the book is not birth control, but it really is the real shit. Yeah. You know, it's the real shit that what to expect when you're expecting doesn't fucking tell you. It's the real shit that all those like little baby apps that you have downloaded on your phone aren't going to fucking tell you. You're the size of a... Of a peach. 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 today. Look Ever here, rice. but your asshole might split it's, when you deliver this baby. Yeah. And that so and what? it's like and it, it, the, <laughs> the things fuck? they don't the things they don't tell you about like the kind of the terrorism that your children cause to your relationship. <laughs> you know? And and really if your relationship is weak before a kid, it's not gonna get no better with a child. Absolutely. And that relationships are work and they're you know, the hope is obviously you walk in and it's easy and that's the dream. And I think some people that's their experience in relationships and other people's that's not always the experience. It doesn't mean that that experience is bad, but I just feel like there's just a lot of hard conversations that I think needs to be had with your partner before making that kind of choice. And, you know, I talk about this too in the book of like, you know, a lot of times women, we see our partners in spaces with children and we start fantasizing mm. and we think it's cute and we think, oh, my God, look at him. He's so good with his little nephew. He's so good with his niece. That is not his baby. He okay. gets to put that baby down and go the fuck home. And that does not resonate. That's not The two are not the same. Yeah. And we as women, I don't. I think it's really built inside of us. Like we, we mind, vision. we get this mind We're visionaries. And I am so guilty of it. I don't see yeah. niggas I know ain't shit. Pick up a baby. <laughs> Pick up a baby and, and like silence it and then play with it. I'm like, oh my God, he'd be such a good dad. No, he wouldn't. No, he wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a lot of, it's almost like going against yourself. You kind of got to go against your, like yourself a little bit. Your innate your ovaries. Your innate ovaries and the hormones <laughs> that are polluting your brain. Um, and that can feel really confusing. Um, but I think our book really lays out a really beautiful foundation on how to how to like navigate those feelings and and come off come out with the the answer that's best for you and like you know to just just piggy off what Mila said is following your intuition and what you already know. Um, but first, you got to know yourself. Absolutely. So I definitely I think my tip is know yourself before you introduce another soul into this world. Really know yourself. Don't think that this soul is going to 
help complete you, figure it out. It, they, she will or he will. Kids, they do. They, you know, as you know, when you become thing. a parent, they do a thing. They do a thing. That's a love, big thing. I, that, that's a love. And you, thing. you think you know yourself, Oof. and then you have a child, and it's a whole rebranding that happens. Mirror. But there is work that should be done beforehand. And just because you got married does not mean to have that man's baby. That's and it. It doesn't mean that the the work doesn't stop. Mm-hmm. On my list of um, what people should get a handle on before they have kids, I had self care on there. Um, boundaries and checking in with yourself. You can't do any of those things if you don't know how to check in with yourself because you can be amazing at self-care now without a child and you can be amazing at balancing and things like that. But again, you change. Um, There's an adjustment period. There's postpartum. There's life, you know? And so if you don't know how to check in with yourself to say, you know what, actually I'm feeling off and being able to have something to compare it to, then it's going to be very difficult for you. And what is self-care before you have children may look different after you have children. And self-care, because that's a word that has gets thrown around so much on the internets and, you know, it's not getting your nails done, honey. Oh it's not goodness. going to the spa. Yes. Those are elements of self-care, but it's deeper than that. So like, it's like spiritual maintenance, like checking, yeah. like wh- what do you believe in? Like what, who is your God? What are your rituals? Like these things that you need to have in place before you are bringing another soul into. These are things I did not have in place. Yeah, I had none of these things in place. And I said, fuck it, <laughs> you know? And thank God I did because now I have an amazing community with Good Moms, Bad Choices. I met my best friend. I have an amazing daughter. You know, and and I wouldn't change a thing, but there are certain things now. I, it's like I know too much now, so that's why when you ask me if I'm gonna have another child, I'm like, bitch, I know <laughs> too I much. To, now I need to think about it. <laughs> yeah. And I think that um, so often aftercare is being confused for confused for self care, and mm. it's yeah, not. Most that times is you're we talked about that too. Yeah, you're taking care of yourself afterwards and too late, and not knowing what you need to do beforehand before it gets too bad, and you know things like that. Hey, you guys, it's your host Samaya. If you're enjoying the topics over here, honestly, I think you'd love the topics over on my learning platform. I have some private interviews over there with some amazing guests. I've interviewed Mr. Marcus. Yes, that's the porn star. Passion Jones, who brought on her husband and her boyfriend, and even had some girls night conversations with Medina from Cocktails, as well as Mila from Good Moms, Bad Choices. That conversation was amazing. We did some examples of our dirty talk, and let's just say you need to check it out. Don't just take my word for it. Make sure that you click the link below and sign up today. There are over 250 workshops, classes, interviews, and so much more. All right, now back to the show. But anyways, we're going to segue into our advice segment, um, which is a 13-year-old daughter asked for a vibrator. What does that conversation look like? Or what are your thoughts around introducing? Give it to her. Yeah, for Amen. sure. For sure. It's birth, my it's birth control <laughs> and it's natural and it's normal. And if you, if I don't give it to you, you're going to go find one of these nasty, mm. dirty ass little boys and their dirty fingernails. And I just don't have time. I just like, yeah, pleasure is... Peace. Look at and I hate encourage. I it. think that we should try to maybe not give her like you know the super vi- super duper strong vibration. We don't need a broken <laughs> clit by the age eighteen. Uh uh-uh. uh. Not. not I'm just, I've, taught, I've taught. I've I've taught you guys. There's no broken pussy. Okay. Okay. Not broken pussy. But I do think you become desensitized. That's, that's not a not myth. The correct version either. That's, you can't become desensitized from. You can you can develop preferences, but also the truth of reality, if you're going to get into it, is if you do something all the time, when you try something different, it's going to be different. Like if you eat American food all the time, if you go to Africa, you may say, I don't like this food because you're not conditioned to like it and you haven't properly given yourself, yourself the patience to even enjoy it. You now have a preference. Okay. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm going to beg to differ. I know that you are the expert. However, I'm just going to say a personal experience. Who I'm a vibrating goddess, okay? Yes. And I love a strong vibration. And then I was realized like any other tool that wasn't as strong, like I wasn't experiencing pleasure. Mm-hmm. And then I started to try to touch myself without vibration and it was like not like there was nothing there. Yeah. I might as well just like just went to bed. So I've recently over the last few months, I've like tr- I'm retraining myself. I've stopped using toys, although I did have a relapse recently. Not a relapse. <laughs> <laughs> I did relapse recently with the rose, um, but I ha- had to like, re- I was scared. I was like, oh my God. And then I started realizing, I started noticing even in sex that I was enjoying it, but that it felt incomplete if I didn't have 
that this sensation as well. And so I really had to fight against myself because, you know, touching yourself without any sort of vibration or toy or whatever um, felt really unpleasurable for a long time. And then I started <clears throat> playing with um, a, a crystal dildo mm -hmm. yeah. and I can play with temperature and that kind mm -hmm. of like started to kind of increase my sensitivity again and get me back into that. I don't think it's broken because I know that the sensation can come back, but I really did feel like I became more numb over time using certain tools. A lot of times people believe that because I'm having an orgasm, then everything is working properly. And that's one of the reasons why a lot of people's body, it's not doing what it's supposed to do. It does take 18 to 40 min minutes for the blood flow to even get to the point to have an orgasm. The problem is that if you use a softer toy or whatever, you're not willing to actually sit there for 18 to 40 minutes. As soon as you touch yourself, you're looking for orgasm. Mm. And so you're automatically rushing yourself. You're mm. making, you're not being kind to yourself. You're forcing your body to respond in a way that it's physically incapable of. And then because you pull out a toy that may be stronger, which there's nothing wrong with it. it it's not my preference either. Um, but because you do it and it, it, it works you invalidate the experience of how long it takes when you do something naturally. And so we don't give our bodies the grace that it deserves to move the way that it is designed to move. And that's okay. But I, I want people to understand that also when you're numb, sometimes it's the trauma because someone that you love can touch your arm and it can do everything for you. And so if you're touching yourself with your finger, it's because you're not aroused. What you want is an orgasm. And there's a difference. You want a release. You want I want to feel better in this moment. And there's nothing <clears throat> wrong with that at all. And But I'm still so proud because the very first time that we met is because we did a class. We did. And we were talking about changing the temperature on dildos and giving your body space and time to test out different things. And it's okay if it doesn't end in orgasm. And it's okay if you grab something that you know for sure will end you in orgasm. But also sex is not pleasurable generally and you need the toy at the end because you're not actually having an orgasm with that person. And we don't want to acknowledge that. We're like, the sex is great. I don't know why I need the toy at the end. Because you want a nut. The sex was great and you did not have a nut during that with that person. And so you need the toy so you can nut. But we don't know how to say that without invalidating the sexual experience with another person mm -hmm. or any of those things. But long story short, absolutely give your child a toy to rub their I will say, okay, you're right about the 18 to something minutes. Uh, that's probably 40 minutes, right? Like that's probably true because it was, we as women were masturbating are never trying it's to masturbate for, for 18 me. to 40 minutes. Like, who has time? Um, I feel like the society, we have a lot of Pop-Tart pussy and I say Pop-Tart mm -hmm. pussy in the fact that like you want it quick. Everything is quick. Everything in society is quick. Our orgasms are quick. We want our food delivered quick. We want our Amazon packages delivered quick. Like yeah. we want, we want everything at our fingertips quickly, including our nuts. <laughs> which yeah. is like, it's kind of sad. It's kind of sad. It's very sad. But me, me going back into like pleasuring myself with my hands has really had, made me have to have more patience and to just talk about the kid and the 13 year old kid who wants the vibrator. I totally, yes, I co-sign for that because yeah. I think that if there, I would rather a, a little, not a little girl, but a young woman, <laughs> I would rather a young girl explore her pleasure on her own than put that power into a little uh, like a young boy's hands who has no regard for her doesn't even understand his own pleasure and i think that we need young girls to really have autonomy over their their bodies and their pleasure at a young age do we gift it to them or do we wait till they ask us are, we, are they gonna be like mom i think i want this because we've had the conversation are you gonna be like you got your period i got you this I would gift it. You I think once, it? once, I once, 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 girl, once you notice that your daughter is into boys, yeah. I think is a good indicator that, yeah. that this is how this works. And, yeah. and also just reflecting back on your own self. I know like even with Gabrielle Union's book and she talked about like rubbing the teddy bear and things like that. Um, sitting with self and saying, when when did I really realize that my body evoked pleasure and things like that? That's and, a, that's and a that hard starts at very. But also, I bring up sex all the time. I I literally remember um, his dad called me. Was like, Yo, can you tell me you've been talking about his body with him? He said, I start watching him. He was like, Don't touch my penis. And he was like, Yo, now he's half bathed because I don't know what to do <laughs> because the boy said, Don't touch. You know. But I start <laughs> having those conversations from jump. So it's like I want to make sure that I'm making windows for me to see how what you're thinking. What I've even realized like with my son is that now he does touch, you know, like touch. I walk in the shower and like he's doing this and I I watch my face. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. How I respond because I don't want to shame him un without thinking just because I'm startled. And I'm like, hey, whenever you want to do that, you know, just close the door so you can have some privacy. You remember? And he's like, okay. Like, so now we're talking about it regular. No problem, right? 
I think parents forget, I think adults forget when these certain moments have happened in their life and how young they were. I was having Mm. this conversation with someone the other day and they were like, and I was telling her, I was sharing something about my daughter and they were like, already? And I was like, well, when was the first time like a boy showed you their penis? And they were like, when I was like first grade. And I was like, exactly. Like how quickly we forget. Like, and I think as parents, we just hope, we just hope, like we just put our heads down, like hope it's not there yet. Hope it's not there yet. And then when it's there, we're like, oh shit, it's here. And it's like, actually it's not this time. Yes. Society is pushing sex. Right. And our kids are exposed, overexposed to certain things. But I still think that there is a, a general normal timeline that's still happening. I think that parents just aren't prepared and are forgetful of like their own personal experiences. I think it's also, there's a lot of, unfortunately, like there's a lot of fear and paranoia around you know, sex and sexuality and chill and kids. And like we, I think, I think we kind of, um, remove it from our, like yeah. our, the humanness of, of like the discovery of your body. Like yeah. it's a, it's a human who just got a new body and they're discovering sensations. Like that is to be expected. If someone's eight or nine and you've only had this body, you're learning new words, you're learning new pleasures. Like yeah. that's, that's to be expected. And like, Little girls and boys, like these are part for years. These are these are a part of our like physique, like how we exist. And um, I just think that there's a lot because people have been abused, people have been you know like molested in childhood. There's so much, there's so much fear around these type of things. You see, you know, someone exploring. You're like, what happened? Did someone touch you? And you know, and I've I've I have been touched as a child and by like older kids or whatever, and even having these conversations with myself and asking myself, like, when is the first time I started to explore or wanting to hump or what that looked like? Because people also don't want to even like think about that as an adult. You like forget if it happened, like, Oh, you were humping this person or whatever. Like you have to think about those things because sometimes it was introduced too early to another kid then introduced to you. But sometimes kids are just fucking curious and masturbating and it happens to all different ages. And it's like, you have to be able to approach it in a way where you're not like, you know, and yeah. making them uncomfortable. So then forever, you know, they, you'll be 35 years old like me, barely masturbating because there's some weirdness around masturbating and you don't even know the fuck why, you know? It's just like, I think our new, like luckily we're in this era of new age parenting and yeah. we're more self-aware. And I think people are afraid to do things differently than their parents did, but we are different parents. Yeah. We are different moms. It's not the same shit. And, and like, it's okay to go in and make changes and edits to what didn't work for you as a child and like not lie to your kid and introduce things differently and, and, and normalize sex and masturbation. And, you know, because shit's eventually, guess what guys, our kids it. are going to have sex. <laughs> Hopefully, you, you know, know, like, you know, what right. you hopefully, like, talking to your kid, you know, weird ass, like, um, weird ass, you know, like, you, you know, want your kids to have experience pleasure in all the ways. Yes, well, well, the information. Well, I definitely want to, um, in their very adult life, <laughs> full grown and mature adults. Otherwise, they're going to be grumpy. As <laughs> um, I definitely want to, um, anybody that's listening out here, there's always a different perspective to look at it. You can also just educate yourself so that way you're prepared for these conversations and also, um, even if it's not you, just is there another person in your child's life that you feel comfortable talking with them about these things? But do not deny them, ignore them, or act like they don't exist. And don't just give your child a vibrator. Give them some education along with that, um, some confidence, some body positivity, um, something like that. And, you know, make sure you're getting your, like, and we go back to self-care, but, like, therapy, accountability, like, whatever you do to check in with yourself so that way you can answer those questions about what you went through and have somebody else to help you through this. You do not have to have all the answers yourself or know what to do. But the fact that you're even considering your child and their sexuality, like pause, that's amazing of you. So um, thank you for that. Um, And we're going to end the show with the spiritual tip of the day. Um, Last time I was on you all show, you guys start the show with a tarot pool, as well as when I went to you all's retreat, um, I was introduced to tarot cards pulling one myself for the first time. And the spiritual tip of the day is to help people find their way into their spirituality and their witchiness and all these things that we think don't apply to us or don't understand and just give them a bite-sized piece each time. Um, And so usually it's about something educational, but this one is more so just pulling the cards just to make it full circle because this is an episode to give you guys your flowers and just you guys have been a part of my journey as a woman, as a mother, and as a businesswoman. And so just anywhere where I can be intentional, you know, just makes my nipples a little hard just mm-hmm. to bring it full circle. So um, that's what we're going to do. Um, this deck, actually, so the first time you guys pulled a card on the show, you guys pulled it. I was like, you guys pull it. 
I don't know. I don't know how to do tarot. That's <laughs> always the first thing that people say, right? I don't know how to do tarot. I don't pull tarot. <laughs> and then at your retreat, um, one of the ladies was like, pull your card. And I was like, well, I don't know how to do it. And she's like, you don't know how to pull a card? <laughs> I was like, all right, let me pull this goddamn card. <laughs> and that card read me for filth again. And then, boom, here we are on this journey. And that card started with the Wheel of Fortune, which is like this necklace that I wear now. Oh, it was wow. the, the card that said, you know, you're embarking on new things and all of these things. And so I, I gave the power back to myself. And it's just, you know, it's really beautiful that you guys were just being y'all fucking selves. And it was like, look, bitch, you got to pull your tarot. You got to see what it's saying. <laughs> and all these ways y'all be yourselves. And it's, it showed up and stayed in my life. So um, we're going to end the spiritual tip of the day with our cards. So we pulled them before because, you know, time. Um, and it would have been crazy if we pulled some crazy ass shit. I need to be prepared. <laughs> um, but we each pulled a card. Um, no, we pulled three cards because it's three of us. We got the King of Pentacles. The Queen of Pentacles and the Ace of Wands. Oh, we got the King and Queen of Pentacles? Got, look, baby, Peesh. when I said weird. I didn't see that. What's going on here? I mean, we got Coins. studios dropping off. We got books that are being written, books that are being published. You guys were been published by Harp. Like, yo, it's so much going on right here. And I'm just, <laughs> it's a lot of abundance and work that has been put in for the last, like consistently. And you're sitting in it. You're doing it. Thank you. You too. I've read, <laughs> take my flowers. I give to you. Thank and sit you. Sit in that. This okay, is you, okay. and I love that for you. So um, we're just gonna read the quick excerpts, and then we gonna, you know, what I'm saying, get the fuck up out of here. Take a little drugs, little, you know, whatever. If this bitch don't stop, stop calling me drugs. drugs, it's so funny because she wants to sound edgy. <laughs> sound, no, I think it's corny and it's so hilarious because. I used to think that we were so bad, how we've been conditioned, and it's so crazy. It was the one thing that helped me with my anxiety, and so it's like, no, I'm definitely about to do. Don't fuck what y'all calling it. Like, I have to do this, and it's so because I was always like, I can't. You got to undo the conditioning. You know? But now it's a. I'm a. I, this You're is a drug my head. funny, but yes, <laughs> You're like, a flower head. It's, <laughs> that sounds pretty. I like that. Um, but anyway, so King of Pentacles, the fruits of worldly ambition have brought financial success, a sense of abundance, stability, and security. The King of Pentacles is a fatherly figure that provides all those things and is also someone that is happy to share all that he has accumulated. And for anyone listening, that doesn't mean it necessarily has to be a man. It can show up in different ways. It could be yourself. It could be your circumstance or whatever. It's the masculine. Um, masculine. The energy. The, the energy is masculine. Um, so for Queen of Pentacles, a woman that is blessed with the gifts of sensual comforts and domestic talents, a motherly figure at times, she seeks to bring her loved one's joy through all things that are worldly by cooking, cleaning, and creating a wonderful home. And then for Ace of Wands, the suit of wands is always the first step in the act of creation. It is the burning fire of intention, desire, and passion that ignites the spark of an idea. Thus, this card represents the powerful forces of your will guiding your way like a torch into the world. On a journey to make these desires come to reality. Mm. Strong so, pull, boo. We some business bosses, beaches. I almost feel like I, if, it's, it's like the, I don't know how you guys pulled these cards, but it almost feels like that needs to, like it's it's this order: one, two, three. Well, this one fell out. That's one fell King out. King of Pentacles fell out. This is what happened: King of Pentacles, then Queen. Uh -uh, and Queen of Pentacles actually came out. It was Ace of Wands, then uh, Queen of Pentacles. Mm -hmm. Okay. And it's just so amazing because like King of Pentacles talking about being in your like your masculine That's energy masculine. and running shit, you know. And Ace of Wands, you know, we are creators and the things that we've built and brought to fruition and then, still keeping that softness about you as a mother, a as balance. a nurturing. And I love that for us. I love that. Yeah, I love that I, for us. I say. So I need you guys to let everyone know. And y'all look. I didn't buy a hard copy of this book. I mm -hmm. have the digital copy. Y'all can buy that on on uh, Kindle as well. And then I heard that they was recording in these sultry voices. So as soon as <laughs> I could buy the audio book, I have all of them because I'm not afraid to fangirl out. Because guess what? This is how people um, get on the charts, these pre-orders. Like, we ask you politely, but really we're telling you that this is super important. Buy the pre-orders. This is how you support. This is how you instill that, you know, confidence. And you get that check beforehand. Like, hey, we have confidence there gonna run these books up even if you don't read the fucking book they fine like support <laughs> please like, read the why book not? you might write a book coffee table go, damn I'm like just one saying, day you'll read it, it. <laughs> like come on now like just so support the book but more than that please tell them where they can find you um the book and whatever you know whatever you want to leave us with well, we'll definitely i will give you the link to the book i, I want to encourage everyone to buy black um we have some really amazing black retailers we're actually partnering with a black owned bookstore um that's giving away signed copies so if you order from a leaks bookstore you get a signed copy from us um but you know pick your poison they'll all be there 
Um, like like uh, Samaya said, pre-orders really matter. We're manifesting a New York Times bestseller, so please help your girls um, achieve this goal. Um, you can find us on all platforms at Good Moms Bad Choices. We're doing a retreat. Samaya gracefully uh, gifted us with her presence at one of our retreats in Costa Rica and led a workshop, which was so amazing. I still am so happy and grateful that you came <sighs> and did that. <laughs> um, but we are doing um, another retreat. We're actually doing two retreats um, in July in Sayulita, Mexico, which is about an hour outside of Puerto Vallarta, if you're familiar with that area. Um, our retreats are really special. We take over the entire property, super private. It's all women. Um, it's it's really, it's magical. It's all-inclusive, delicious meals. All the rooms are oceanfront. Um, it's really, if you're trying to find your tribe, and I, I know just like, you know, we shared our story, our conception, our conception story, it can be really hard to find friends. Yeah. And this is a place where you find friends. Like there's, you don't leave without a friend. Yeah. And the beauty of our retreats is that the friends, the friendships keep going. It's not like you end the retreat and that's it. These friendships keep going. And that's really what it's about. So we'll make sure we give you all that information Everything for our be. retreat in July, July 2nd and July 12th. And we're going on tour. So if you are in New York, DC, Philly, or LA or Houston, check us Atlanta. out. We'll be in Atlanta, <laughs> of course. Um, check us out. Come see us. We'd love to connect with our community. Beautiful. It's so crazy because my producer and I, Steph, um, she went to the retreat the week before me. Right. And we was hanging out. I mean, we were just so free. Um, it was a really amazing experience. They pushed me to do and tell a story that I had never told. And we shared that story and, you know, now we are working on, it's just always y'all, always a part and always, you yeah, know, crack part you of the open. story. And, yes, and making me manifest <laughs> and be exactly who I dare to be. And so I appreciate you guys. I love you guys for coming on. Um, a little housekeeping, you know, don't turn us off yet. If you were watching us on YouTube, first of all, get into the girls. The girls is looking the fuck good. Curls for the girls, all the things. Titties um, for the girls. Okay, so y'all know that whenever <laughs> Erica sees me, ever since our first interview and I told her, I said, you know, I love titties. And you have some gorgeous titties. She wears them out every single time. And I just, I don't know. How I paid for them. What a good friend. Like, they're beautiful. They are, I'm going to get every dollar I can out of these. Look here. Okay, okay. so buy the book. Because they, she did <laughs> the, the work. The boobs are on the book. The boobs are on the book. The boobs okay. are on the book. Um, <laughs> that can be on your coffee table. Absolutely. These boobs could be on your coffee table. <laughs> Take that how you want it, all right? But also, if you're watching on your YouTube, why can I not talk today? If you're watching on YouTube, please leave a comment. Show some love. Um, um, share the reels, make sure that you tell a friend to tell a friend, listen to the audio, um, and make sure that you please follow and support the SE Content House. We are actually shooting on the living room set today, and I'm super excited. Y'all graced it first. Y'all asses graced this set first. I, I like to pop the cherries. Mm, look at that. <laughs> <laughs> Popping cherries and Pop-Tart pussy. All right, there we go. Um, and so I'm. we are open, ready for business and booking, so make sure you check us out, SE Content House. Um, and ironically, we actually have a Tulum side of this house. Um, so if you can't make it to the retreat, you can make it to Mexico and Atlanta. <laughs> so with that being said, make sure that you share, review, show some love. I love y'all so much. Um, catch up on the shows and we will see you next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for making it to the end of this episode. Thank you for keeping an open mind and joining me in creating a safe place for others to share their truth. Make sure that you're following Not Just Another Sex Podcast wherever you listen to your podcast so you don't miss our weekly episodes. But also, if you want to keep the conversation going, make sure that you follow us on Instagram, Not Just Another Sex Pod, as well as sexual.essentials. Don't forget to sign up to my Patreon. The link is in the description of this episode. Not only do you get access to my personal life through my close friends and things like that, but I also have almost 300 classes, workshops, private group chats, hands-on demonstrations, interviews, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want more from me, then that's absolutely where you need to be. If you would like to support this podcast, make sure that you rate and review and make sure that you share this episode with your family and friends. I'll see you next week.